Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast on Pesach. In July 2019, a video surfaced on Twitter. A Muslim-Israeli paramedic named Mawawi Akaba, a member of a response unit for an emergency medical service, was making a speech at a Jewish wedding in Israel at the time, telling the groom and guests a story about the bride named Shahar Kugelmas. He told them that he had first met her 10 years earlier. He had arrived at the scene of a car crash and found her apparently dead. His was the second ambulance to arrive. The first ambulance arrived with a doctor. And he recounted the story as follows. When I, when I arrived there, after those initial two minutes, the doctor informed me, this injured girl, don't touch her. I have already declared her dead. Let's treat the driver. I told him, okay, you treat the driver. I stayed treating Shahar. From above, something told me that I needed to stay treating Shahar. When I got to Shahar, she was in cardiac arrest. In terms of strict protocol, the doctor was right. We needed to declare her dead. What I felt from above was that I still needed to try and save her. I did CPR on Shahar for 40 minutes when she was still stuck in the car. The police had already announced on the radio that there was one person dead in the car accident. Shahada's parents heard the bad news on their way from the north. We continued CPR on the way to the hospital, and at the entrance to the hospital, she had a heartbeat. Her heart started to beat. That night when I returned home, I didn't have hope. I put my head on the pillow and thought the angel of death might have beaten me. But I knew that I had done everything I could do to try to save her. In the end, I must have done what I needed to do. Because look, Shahar is with us. So I'm here to tell Shahar, thank you. Usually the people we save tell us, thank you. I want to tell you, thank you. And I'll explain why. People ask me all the time, how do you keep going after all the death you see in your work? The answer is here. Shahar, I am able to continue my work because of you. Because I saved your body but you saved my soul. Every time that I remember emergency calls that I have been to, I remember you and your smile. Thank you. Thank you. Mazal tov. Congratulations. I love you both. So often we read the news, we scroll through Facebook, or we look on Twitter, and staring us in the face is another tragedy, another act of violence, another reminder of the worst that we humans are capable of. The reason I love this story so much is because it serves as a reminder that true goodness will always live on in the human story. No matter how many tragedies and atrocities we commit against one another, there will always be stories of selflessness and heroism. And I think that's what the Pesach story is really all about. When you ask any Peloni Almoni on the street about the story of Pesach, you'll probably hear something like this. About four millennia ago, an evil Egyptian pharaoh rose up and he really had it out for Am Yisrael. And after enslaving Israel for 210 years, God swooped in and with 10 wondrous plagues, he toppled the mighty Egyptians, freeing our people from bondage and sending us on our way to the promised land. But when we open up Sefer Shemot, that's not exactly the story that we see. Instead, we read about these Egyptian midwives 
named Shifra and Pu'a, who disobeyed Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the ancient world, and they refused to slaughter baby Israelite boys. And then we read about the selfless act of the daughter of Pharaoh, who upon spotting a baby boy in the river that she knew was a Hebrew baby, decided to save this baby anyway, despite her father's decree, despite the risk on her own life, simply because she had compassion. This is a universal human value. Just like Shifra and Pu'a had a strong sense for that same basic sense of morality, or as the Torah calls it, Yir'at Elohim. So if the story of Pesach is all about how God saved us, why all this preamble? Why not cut to the chase? Of course, it's because this is the key to all of it. Yes, God had a plan. And yes, God is infinite and mighty. And He could have snapped His divine fingers and sent us all right to the promised land. But it seems that's not how God intends to run the show. Instead, He waits patiently for us to rise to the occasion and bring about justice as equal partners with Him. And it wasn't just Moshe Rabbeinu that God was waiting for. God is invested in the destiny of all of humanity, including the destiny of all humans, including the Egyptians themselves, that the Egyptians should know that I am God. So the story of Pesach is built on a very interesting foundation indeed, the kindness of strangers, the heroism of Egyptian women. The message of the Torah could not be more clear. The story of Yesiat Musanayim is not just a story about God and Israel. It's a story about God and humanity. A divine statement meant to be heard around the world. And even though we are the chosen nation, we are chosen not to have some sort of superiority complex, but rather to be emissaries and teachers to the whole of humanity. Because that is ultimately God's plan for the world. That all nations should live in harmony. As Yeshayahu so beautifully prophesied, that lion shall lay with lamb. All nations shall live in peace. And to make sure you never forget this ultimate divine goal, the Torah makes sure you cannot read about Yitzhak Mitzrayim before reading about the kindness of Egyptian women. I recently started reading a book called The Mastery of Self by Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. And one of the key messages is that a person who is truly a master of him or herself is one who is impeccable with their word. A master storyteller, framing the story of their lives in a way that is fitting for a master. And in that same way, the Torah is demanding that we tell the story of our nation in a masterful way as well. The story of Yesiyat Mitzrayim would be incomplete without the story of the heroics of women who could have simply turned a blind eye to human suffering. As the Hachamim say, In the merit of righteous women, we were saved from Egypt. I don't only think that's talking about Hebrew women. In light of all this, the story of Pesach is infinitely enriched becoming a story not only about the heroics of God, but a story also about the greatest acts that humanity has to offer. On September 11, 2001, 
when the World Trade Center was attacked, all airplanes in U.S. airspace were ordered to ground in a small town called Gander, Newfoundland in Canada, part of what is now known as Operation Yellow Ribbon. 6,700 passengers from 38 airliners arrived in the small town, doubling the population overnight. Some of these people were stuck inside the plane for over 48 hours. And in one of the most inspiring stories from that very fateful day, the people of Gander opened up their homes and their hearts to these complete strangers, offering anything from a hot meal to a hot shower to a bed to sleep in and even celebrating birthdays and giving toys to children in need. So on a day when the world stood awestruck at the terror that humans are capable of, the people of Gander served as a shining light amidst great darkness. Just like the story told by that Muslim-Israeli paramedic Mawawi Akaba in the story of Gander, the Pesach story stands as a timeless testament. That when we feel that life is bleak, that terror reigns unbounded, and all hope seems lost, we must remember and reenact the ultimate redemption story. A reminder that believing in God is really to believe in the best that humans have to offer, despite witnessing the worst that we have to offer. We need to become master storytellers. The way that we tell the story of our nation and our personal narratives needs to be impeccable. We must never forget the heroism latent in the hearts of each and every one of us if we want to bring the world that is ever closer to the world that ought to be. Thank you very much and have a happy holiday.